Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am here with Sarah. Happy Saturday. Kind of here. You're at your house. Exactly. And you're at yours. office. Yes. But it feels like you're here. Thanks. I'm glad. Yeah. So guys, what we do every Saturday, if you haven't picked up on this trend yet, is we answer your questions. We used to just do two episodes a week and we found that we were answering so many great questions off air that we thought it would be really fun to answer your questions on air. That is what we are doing today. Not only do we answer your questions, but every single Saturday we give something away. And today we are giving away a $20 gift card to Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers Naturals is a line of products. They sent me a bunch of stuff a few months ago. And the thing that I like about it is their products are tasty for the ones that are edible, but they're also a really great way to get nutrients in and boost your immune system without anything processed. Like their ingredients are so simple. And I think we need more of that. So I'm a big fan. You can check out Beekeepers Naturals and you can use the coupon code Primal Potential to save money. But today we're going to announce the winner at the end of the show. And that person is going to get a $20 gift card. So fun. Then go shopping. I know, right? I want to do some shopping. Yeah. We should together. That would be really fun. You know what we should do? You told me the other day that you went to the Habitat um, Restore. Yes, I did. Which is like, is it donated stuff? Like, how does that work? Do you know? Yeah, it is donated. I mean, I think they might take some stuff on consignment or something, but I think for the most part, people donate especially when there's um, new construction and such that, you know, people are redoing rooms or taking away doors or replacing windows. They donate those types of things to this store as well as furniture and I mean, all kinds of stuff. We should totally do that. I know. I think that would be really fun. That would be fun. But for now, for today, I'm just going to answer some questions. Yes. How about you you ready? First one. Okay. What are some tools for overcoming temptation? Oh, you know, it's so funny. We don't get a lot of questions about temptation. I agree. I know. I was just thinking about that. I mean, we get a ton of questions about motivation, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and mindset and all of that. But I love this one because it's kind of at the root of the things that make life harder, right? Whether it is, I want a cookie or the temptation to hit the snooze button or the temptation to watch three hours of Netflix at 11 o'clock at night or whatever. I love this question. And the first thing that comes to mind is what's really worth it? And this has been a paradigm shift for me with food that has been a game changer. So 
growing up, and a lot of you have heard some of my story about my uh, non-traditional childhood relationship with food, we'll say. Um, long story short, and I've had my mom on the show kind of talking about it in more detail, but I was the heavy kid, fat kid, whatever, and my mom really restricted what I could eat. And because of that, anytime she wasn't looking or anytime there was food around that I could access that I normally couldn't have at home, it was like a free-for-all. I felt like I had to and certainly wanted to hoard it because I knew that it was so restricted at home. And what that really created was a pattern of having no standards. Basically, it didn't matter if it was bread or it was stale microwave popcorn or it was cookies that I didn't even like, I would eat it because it was there. In fact, I remember my dad would buy types of ice cream that he knew I didn't like, thinking that he wouldn't come home one day and I've, you know, devoured the thing of ice cream. And I used to, because I, do you like nuts in your ice cream? Yeah, I do. I do not. And he would always get ice cream flavors with nuts in it. And I would just eat the ice cream and spit out the nuts. Like, it it didn't matter. It wasn't like, now I'd be like, oh, I don't like that kind of ice cream. But then it was just, I'll take what I can get. And I had almost no standards when it came to food. And I know people who are like this with a sale. If something's a good enough discount, they'll buy it whether they want that thing or not, whether they need that thing or not. And this conversation of setting standards has changed my relationship with food and my relationship with money in such a major way. And it can be summarized with this super simple question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And I realized the more that I ask that question, most of the things I'm tempted to indulge in just aren't worth it. Maybe they're there, they're convenient, I'm bored. But what is really worth it to me is a pretty small list. Like I love cupcakes and ice cream, but I also don't like crappy cupcakes, you know? In fact, even at um, my baby shower, when you were there, Mm -hmm. my sister had these gorgeous cupcakes. They were beautiful. They were like succulents um, in the way the frosting was done and whatnot. But I took a bite and I was like, "Eh," you know, it's not an amazing cupcake. It wasn't bad by any stretch. It was just not the kind of icing or frosting that I like. So when I asked that question, is it worth it? No, because when I have a cupcake, I want it to be the best damn cupcake. Like I love it. It's so good. It's totally worth it. Hands down, no questions asked. And the same thing is true. Like if I go out to eat and let's say that Chris gets something that comes with French fries and I don't have French fries, I might try one, but I'll say, Eh, it's not worth it. Or, or maybe it is worth it. But just that evaluation, what is truly worth it? What is great? And what am I just eating because it's here? And that's definitely a practice because at first I was like, I don't really know what's worth it. I've just eaten everything for so long that I don't know what is worth it. But over time, my tastes became very discerning. And in fact, I remember. It was probably a month or so ago now. There was like two snack bags on the table in the office. You were here and like one of them was like chocolate 
covered something and one was maybe like peppermint bark or something. Do you remember that? I do remember. Yeah. And Chris was like, oh, you have to try this. And I was like, it's not, it's not worth it. I don't like even just looking at it, it wasn't the kind of thing that I'd really want to indulge in. Whereas years ago, it was just an opportunity thing. I would eat it whether it was worth it or not. That practice is huge. And it is just that. It is a practice. It's not something that develops over time. And then the other thing is a a practice of setting standards, right? Like early on for me, it was if I'm going to have alcohol, I'm not going to have sugar, right? So if I'm going to go out to eat, I might get a cocktail, but if I get a cocktail, I'm not going to get dessert. Or if I really want to get dessert, then I'm not going to get a cocktail. But just establishing, and it was, a, it was slowly wading my way into this practice, what are some standards that I can have? Or maybe if I really want to have starch with this meal because their mashed potatoes are amazing or I'm just dying for french fries, then maybe I'm not going to do alcohol or I'm not going to do sugar. But as with all things, let's not overvalue temptation. We can be really, really tempted to eat something, do something, say something, not eat something, not do something, not say something. And we can make a decision in our best interests anyway, which I think is the last piece. Am I acting in my own best interests? And what does that look like? Why is it worth it to me? Why is it in my best interests to make a decision in my best interest? Like, why does that benefit me? How does that benefit me? Am I going to feel good about this tomorrow? And I'm glad I thought about that last part because, oh man, I have woken up, woken up or woke up, woken up, woken, I think I have risen many mornings. (laughs) (laughs) Well put. (laughs) Throw it all together. Elizabeth has risen. Typing something and I can't remember how to spell it. I'm like, different word. (laughs) Um, But there have been so many mornings that I have felt disappointed in myself because I ate too much or I drank too much or I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And I wake up feeling like that just wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth it. And I've had enough experience with those mornings to really not want to feel that again. So I ask myself, how am I going to feel about this tomorrow? Am I going to wake up tomorrow and be like, that was so worth it? There are some things that are absolutely worth it. And it's, and it's often a spectrum. Like we've talked about this before with, I love, there's a pizza place near where we live, wildfire, right? I love their pizza. And it's worth it in that I can have a slice or two and wake up the next morning and be like, that was amazing. Now, if I go buy a pizza and I hammer off four or five slices am I going to wake up in the morning and say that was worth it? Like, no, it wasn't worth five. Like the first two were amazing. It didn't get better on slice three, on slice four. So checking with myself, just very simply, how am I going to feel about this in the morning has been a really powerful question. Hmm. What about you? How do you deal with temptation, whether it's like food related, alcohol related, spending related? Do you have any mindsets or tools? (laughs) Um, I w- well, I, I'm constantly practicing like, in the examples that you gave very much the same way. Um, but I also just will avoid things for that reason. Like, like for instance, I, I, I live alone, so I'm shopping for just me. And I know that there are just certain things that um, I'm, I'm really weak <laughs> in moments and I just don't want them there for that time. 
mm-hmm. um, like certain snacks and such. So I just don't even bring it into my house. Um, sort of the same thing with like alcohol and such. I don't generally keep a lot at home um, so that I don't just kind of do it without thinking about it. Um, I started there. I yeah. started there because early on, I felt the same way. It's easier for me to just not have it in the house. And I think that's such a valid practice. But then over time, especially living with somebody and having people around and whatnot, over time, I personally wanted to become the kind of person who feels really secure no matter what is around, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can bring anything into my home and I don't feel any less capable. And then that became a practice. And every single time anybody would bring something into my house, that became a practice to build that skill. So I don't believe that you're weak, but I hear what you're saying, like not practiced in- exactly. Yeah, in in having the things there and making the choice that makes you feel amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely better about it in terms of like finances and shopping because mm-hmm. I, I used to be one of those people that was like, oh, well, this is on sale. So yep. this is a good deal and I should take advantage. But now I totally am like, wait a minute, I don't actually need this thing. So whether it's like an email with a sale that comes in or if I'm out like looking at things, I'm totally much, much stronger at just asking the question, like, do I really need this? Is this worth it? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, with shopping, when I ask, is it worth it? The answer is almost always no. I know. Same for me. And I almost get like annoyed with myself. Like, (laughs) come on, what is it going to be worth it? I know. I've told you how both in stores and online, I'll fill up my cart and then leave empty. Yes, me too. Yep. And It's almost satisfying to fill up my cart. Yeah, there's something about that process of saying yes to yourself, even if you don't see it all the way through. <laughs> exactly. I'm the same way. <laughs> all right. This next question says, sometimes when I get in a funk, I don't want to get out of it. How do I make myself want to get out of a funk? Oh, I can relate to that. Can Me you? Me too. Yeah. Just like, I want to be mad right now. Yeah. I want to stay here. Yeah. I want to be mad. I want to be hurt. I want to be angry. I was there yesterday. Oh, <laughs> you were here yesterday. <laughs> yes. I didn't right. know that you wanted to stay in that yesterday. Yeah. And okay, this, first of all, major credit to the awareness that like, I want to be mad because mm-hmm. so many people don't own the fact that right now I just want to be mad. And I think that it's such a more powerful place to be in an emotion knowing that you choose it, right? Even if you're not saying, I choose this forever, but there's such a difference between, I don't want to be mad anymore. I don't want to feel like this. And actually, no, (laughs) I'm not ready to move out of this feeling right now. I think that there's tons of merit and it's totally fine to be not ready to move on from it, whether that is sad or it's angry or it's frustrated, I think that's fine. And I've talked about this, especially when it comes to grief, which I think we make a little bit more of an allowance for than say frustration. But there are days and times where I want to grieve my dad or my grandfather or heck, sometimes even my marriage and that's okay. Like, feel that. Be disappointed or sad or hurting, but also continue to ask yourself, 
do I still choose to stay here? Do I still choose to stay here? I know that I can mentally take myself someplace else. I know that I can change my perspective on this. I can feel differently. Just gut check. Do I still want to stay in this feeling? And is it impacting anybody else? Oftentimes where I see this the most is people want to be right in a relationship So they want to stay in their indignation or they want to stay in their hurt or they want to stay in their sadness because they think that to move out of that means to say that the feeling isn't valid or it doesn't have merit or that the other person is off the hook. And I don't think it's that way at all. I actually had a moment today, going back to yesterday, like wanting to be upset with somebody else. I had a moment today where I was like, you know, I I can feel very strongly that I'm right. And I can feel very strongly that they're wrong. And I can wish very genuinely that things were different. And I can just choose not to let that darkness in today. Just to, to like have that be the way it is, right? That is there. It is valid. It is not changing. But I'm over here living in this lane. I'm over here focused on what's good and what's right and what's okay. And I have to come back to that decision again and again and again. But asking yourself, why? Is it just that I'm not yet ready to let go because I have to process it or because I'm still hurting and I want to honor that feeling? Or is it more about your ego? And that's when it's kind of a big difference. Like, do I just want to blame somebody? Do I want somebody else to be wrong? Am I just trying to prove a point? And at that, at that stage of awareness, it's much more ego driven. And I think some good questions can move you out of that. Very simply beginning with, would I rather be right or get it right? What is the difference between being right and getting it right? What does it look like to get it right versus to be right? And what if I accept that maybe There is no right in this. There is no my way or your way, but there's just like the path to acceptance or the path to peace or the path to happiness. So when it's ego-driven and I'm just being stubborn, I think good questions and big picture thinking, what matters most to me, is a great way to get out of that. When it's not ego-driven and it's about healing, so maybe it's grief, then give yourself some time. And, and maybe define that time limit, you know, for the rest of today. I just need to feel this and I need to be sad about this and I choose to be sad about this. And there's value in feeling sad about this. But tomorrow I want to take a different perspective, you know, or an hour from now I want to take a different perspective. Does that make sense, Sarah? Yeah, that's actually something that I practice. Like I give myself a time limit. Mm. And, and I find that for the most part, I am feeling much better much sooner than I gave myself. Oh, yeah. Like you almost didn't need as much time as you thought you might. Yeah. Or, or like I sit and think about it and I, I try to um, really pay attention to how I'm feeling and I, I want to feel all those feelings. So I'll say to myself, like, all right, if I'm angry about something, I have the rest of today to be angry about it and then I have to just stop. Yeah. And I find that like within an hour, I'm like, I don't want to waste any more of my energy on being angry. Yeah. Like you yes, find this that then was... anger comes up maybe like a day or two later or a week later. 
Oh, totally. It can. But, yeah. but then I sort of remind myself like, all right, I've already dealt with this, you know, yeah. like either why is this coming back up or what can I do to just move on from this? Yeah. And do I want to give it my precious energetic resources? Exactly. And, and almost always it's a no. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Same way. Like you're just not the situation or the person or the, the offense. It's just not worth any more of me. Exactly. And to touch upon like the, the end of this, their, their actual question is how do, how do they make themselves want to get out of it? I know for me, it's almost always action. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't even know why I'm in a fuck. It might not be because something happened. It might not be because I'm angry or mad. It just might be just like a weird mood. Yeah. And I know that like just getting up and doing something, like even if it's mundane, like the dishes or, you know, cleaning out my car or something like it, I almost always feel better. Yeah. Cause you create some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Next question. Okay. I want to want to eat well, but to be honest, I think pizza and fast food is better. Do you have any tools or tips to make yourself want to eat well? This is so reflective of where I've been in my life and in past years like I, I wanted to want to be a healthy person, you know, like, (laughs) could I just wake up and be one of those people who just desires to only eat clean? And one of those people who truly has no desire for uh, sour watermelons, you know, or any other (laughs) equivalent (laughs) garbage bit of junk food. Um, And I think there are a lot of tools to not only change your mindset, but truly become someone who genuinely desires to be healthy. And for me, it begins with owning the fact that it's not binary, right? To be somebody who truly desires a healthy way of living and a healthy way of eating does not mean we have to deny and abstain from a cupcake or pizza. In fact, to me, and we all get to define this for ourselves, Part of being a really healthy version of me is knowing how to enjoy those things in a way that makes me feel great, in a way that honors my health goals, in a way that still keeps my energy high and my hormones balanced and all of that. So part of wanting to be a healthy person, or even actually, I think more accurately, part of my resistance to becoming somebody or feeling like somebody who was really, really healthy was the fact that I thought that meant I had to no longer desire or enjoy the sour watermelons or the pizza or the ice cream and all of that. And I, I'll never be that person. And I can enjoy those things and be someone who also truly desires to be healthy and somebody who wants to eat well. The other piece of this to me is experience. I had not given myself the experience, meaning I didn't know what it felt like to consistently take great care of myself. So it was hard to want something that I had never felt. And I wrote about this in Chasing Cupcakes, how my grandmother used to say when I was a little kid and I was a fat kid, she would say, nothing tastes as good as thin feels. And she would kind of like rattle that off when we were eating birthday cake or something. And I remember even very young being like, 
I wouldn't know. (laughs) I don't know what thin feels like, but I know I like this cake. And it used to annoy the heck out of me. But over time, it actually began to inspire me. And I wrote an entire uh, chapter in Chasing Cupcakes about this, about the experience of maximum effort. Most people who resist the idea of taking great care of themselves, even if they like it in their mind, but they struggle to execute it, it's because they've never felt how good that feels. Maybe they've done it for a day or a week, but they've never felt how great they can feel. It's almost like if you've only ever had blurry vision and you've never been able to like read street signs and see colors really clearly and and see animals really clearly or whatever, then you don't really place a high value on doing what it takes daily to maintain clear vision because it's totally ambiguous. For me, I had to decide I'm going to give myself that experience. I can always go back to the way things were. I can always go back to Cold Stone Creamery and Mexican food and whatever else, but I wanted to have that experience. Same thing with working out. I was terrified for so long of working out really hard, like so hard you want to puke hard. But I had never known, I had never given myself the experience of what that feels like. So for somebody in this position, I would say read the chapter in Chasing Cupcakes that it's about, that's about experiencing maximum effort. The last thing I'll say about this, and I could talk about this for an episode in and of itself, know what you do and don't like. I don't like asparagus. Asparagus is healthy. Asparagus is not on the list of things I eat regularly. So turning to foods that you love and enjoy instead of narrowly limiting yourself to things you think are healthy, right? You might think broccoli is healthy, but you hate broccoli. Or you might think chicken breasts are healthy, but you hate chicken breasts. I'm with you. I hate chicken breasts. I think they're gross. I eat chicken thighs, right? I'm not going to be somebody that's like jazzed to grill a chicken breast. Nope, not me. But I love steak and I love chicken thighs and I love making burrito bowls with cauliflower rice. Use your imagination and find things that you really love and stay the heck away from the things you perceive to be really healthy that that you don't enjoy. Look, if you don't like salads, don't eat salad. There's plenty of other ways to eat really well. And so much of this comes down to falling in love with whatever healthy foods as you define them, you really enjoy. I look forward to spaghetti squash with ground meat and goat cheese. I look forward to my cabbage salad bowl. I look forward to crispy Brussels sprouts and salmon cakes and things like that. But I don't look forward to asparagus and chicken breast. So I don't eat those things. You are not jazzed about those. Yeah. What do you, what do you do to like help yourself desire to eat well? I think I've generally eaten pretty well my entire life. Um, but like certainly did never really wanted like vegetables growing up or anything. So I think a couple things like removing processed or most, you know, most of my food, the foods that I eat are not processed. So I think removing some of those really helped me to like appreciate the flavor of whole foods. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's like a palate change. I mean, you probably know more about the totally. science behind it, but yeah, like I, I really thought that like vegetables were truly delicious and not just like, 
tricking my brain, I could eat an entire bowl of butternut squash, just plain, all day. Mm-hmm. Like I am obsessed with it. And, and so I think, um, I don't know, I, I think maybe changing your diet, at least for a period of time, will- Even if you don't desire it at first. Yeah, yeah. over time, I think you probably will. Totally. Yeah, your palate absolutely changes. There is no question that the longer the amount of time that I had processed foods largely out of my diet, the more appreciation I had for whole foods. Yeah, same. There's an entire book on this, and I did a podcast on it. It's probably been a couple years. Um, The book, I think, is called The Dorito Effect. Hmm. And it talks about how food scientists who are paid hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, they use something called hyperpalatability with processed foods to make us want more, to have it stimulate different parts of the palate in different ways, which is why they're always combining different flavors and different textures because it has us wanting more. And then things that are more one note, like a vegetable that has like one flavor and one texture, doesn't appeal to us in the same way. Um, So the Dorito effect is a really great book. Wow. I want to check that out because that's so interesting to me. It is. You would love it. It's a fascinating and terrifying book. Your sister would really like it too. Yeah. It is scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have one more question. I really want to have people in my life who are ambitious and goal oriented because I think that will help me. Unfortunately, the people in my circle aren't. I don't even know how to begin making this shift. I get this. Mm -hmm. I so get this. Like, you and I talk about this too, because we are both business owners. So we can connect in a way that like our friends who are not business owners, it's tough to relate Mm -hmm. for them to relate to us and also for us to relate to them and things that are related to our business. So I certainly get this. One of the things that has been transformative for me is reading books because I don't know these people. (laughs) I don't know the author, but I am encouraged and inspired and motivated by them in the same way that I'm motivated and encouraged and inspired by real people in my life. So number one, and this is free and easy to do, no matter who you are and where you are, whether it's the library or it's Audible or it's a bookstore, read more. Read more nonfiction. That is huge. Um, The other is listening to podcasts. Because when you hear people who are trying to be better, whether it is, you know, you want to get into real estate, I was listening to a real estate podcast earlier today, or it's health or it's personal development or it's relationships, those people count. It's not just the people who live in your neighborhood or the people who you get together with on your birthday that count. So books and podcasts, I find the 12 Weeks to Transformation to be huge for this. I'm biased and you're newer to it than I am. What do you think? Like I see people connecting in the groups because they're all like-minded. They're all trying to improve themselves and they're not all working on the same goal, but they're starting to think differently and they're starting to ask better questions. And then they get encouraged by somebody else who's doing something similar. What are your thoughts on that? I am nodding my head. I totally back all of that up. And, um, and I, I also want to touch upon the fact that like there, it's one group and they all have, everyone has different goals. I mean, some of them are very similar, but everyone has personal changes that they're trying to make. And yet 
you can um, really appreciate and learn from the strategy behind all of it. So no matter your goal, everyone is learning and everyone's growing and so encouraging and it's such a positive place. Yeah. And if you're in a funk and you see somebody else's post, it kind of turns your perspective around. And we also have a handful of people from the master's club who join in the 12 weeks to transformation to, to not only participate in it, but also, um, as sort of like encouragers and supporters. And one thing that I love seeing, and they post it often is that when they started their 12 weeks to transformation, which for some of them was four more years ago, um, they were hesitant. They were on the sidelines. They didn't know anybody. And now fast forward a few years later, some of the people that they went through a 12 weeks to transformation with are their real life best friends. They travel to see each other. They talk on the phone and those connections came from the 12 weeks. So I think that's huge. I love that. Yeah. And it is so nice to have them in the groups because they're actually like walking in the walk. They've done all this work and they're continuing to do it. Yeah. And there's a real bond that is Mm -hmm. formed when you're doing that alongside somebody else. So that's one thing. And then the last thing I would say is in your local community, join a gym or something, you know, a place where people are obviously trying to improve themselves in one way or another and then talk to people, right? Like don't just go to the gym and put your headphones in and not talk to anybody. Like make an effort to, even if it starts with a smile, a hello, a nice job or whatever it is, I think that can be really powerful. Um, All right. Before we give away our $20 gift card to Beekeepers Naturals, we have, oh no, I was just going to say we have a winner. That's, that is giving away. (laughs) Oh gosh, foggy brain. Um, No, I was going to say that the wait list is open for our 12 weeks to transformation. So the wait list is a great place for anybody who wants to learn more about it, um, who wants to connect and kind of get some of the inside scoop. And also we do early bird discounts that are exclusively available to folks who are on the wait list. So you can get on the wait list by going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Now we can give away that $20 gift card to Beekeepers Naturals. Do you want to say who won? Yes, and this is from Apple Podcasts, and it is PD813. PD813, if that is your Apple Podcast ID, email Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at primalpotential.com within 60 days of this podcast airing, and we will get your gift card to you. And for the rest of you, if you're curious about checking out Beekeepers Naturals, Again, it's just a great way to get clean ingredients in your system that support your health without additives, without fillers, you know, boosting your immunity in natural ways. Um, And they've got some really, really tasty products as well. You can use the coupon code PRIMALPOTENTIAL, one word, to save 15%. Otherwise, keep the questions coming because we really enjoy answering them. What do you have going on this weekend, Sarah? This weekend, I am going to an opening for a friend's new gallery. Oh, was that on Cape? Yes, it is. It's in Mashpee, and I'm really excited for him. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't – I feel like I almost never have something interesting to say here. I don't have anything besides the normal keeping up with stuff around the house and work going on this weekend. 
Well, and it, it's kind of funny because you say it's normal, but like your world is very exciting. <laughs> it truly is. So, by exciting, you mean like it's interesting to watch a train wreck. Perhaps. Um, Perhaps. Yeah. There's always a lot happening. There is. Chicken Marge now escapes daily. Oh, she does? Yeah. The last four days in a row, um, our one yellow bird, not to be confused with our multiple blackbirds, she is a chicken, but she escapes the coop, and we have found her wandering about several days in a row now. I didn't know that. Is that concerning to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It is to me. <laughs> yes. Very concerning, for sure, because one day we're just not going to notice. Right. And she's Marge- She's a tough gal. She is. She is. And the good thing is she really likes Chris. So when Chris walks over, no matter where she is, she stops. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rumi's a whole nother story. Like, oh, yeah. Rumi's off like a shot. But no, Marge, Marge wants to spend time with Chris. But it just counts on us to like notice that she's literally flew. Right. Okay. I'll keep my eye out too. Oh, flew the coop. Is that where that comes from? <laughs> Jeez. I think so. Time to wrap this up. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. Keep the questions coming. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.